Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. I'm here to talk about life, man. What's up, y'all? It's episode 22 of the Open Minded Podcast. I want to start off by saying, sorry I didn't put out an episode last week. Uh, some things came up. I am a family man. I'm a husband. Um, so I, you know, had some things to take care of. So I apologize to that for that. Uh, so please forgive me, y'all. But we back, man. Episode 22, back on track, man. Open minded. We here. We live. We in charge. The date is August 19th, 2018. Um, I want to get straight into a topic, man. No games. Um, There's a week full of content, you know, that I didn't put out. So I want to get straight into it. So um, I want to start off by a topic. Now, I was chilling with some homies. Um, It was me, you know, my homies, and they women were present as well. Um, Usually, uh, when it's like that, you know, you got your friends, you got... You got you got your homies, uh, girls, and you got some liquor going on. A topic is bound to spark. That, that's just what it is. So you know, I, I honestly I look forward to homie gatherings, man, because they just spark um, stimulating conversation, man. Something that really gets the juices flowing. Something that you can look forward to. Something that you can debate. Um, it's all in good fun. Believe me, man. I, I I love all of my homies, chicks, like they were my sisters, man first and foremost so this is so so my opinion on this topic is not no negative slight to nobody none of my homies chicks definitely not putting no names out there but shout out to y'all i love all y'all you know what it is but i had to bring this topic to the airways of the open-minded podcast because it's an important topic man in today's society and our generation's state of of marriage and relationships and baby mama drama and and, and families, this is this is kind of the backbone and the thesis that my generation operates off of. And this is why I think that, you know, the status of relationships and marriage and, and, and families are in the state that they are in because of what, you know, because of our mentality. And this conversation that I had with my homies and my homies chicks is the reason is it, it basically just summarized how the generation thinks. And it's a sad day. I'm going to just be honest. It's sad, man. But the topic was, if a woman makes more money than her significant other, you know, I'm speaking about a man and a woman. That's just what it is. If a woman makes more money than a man in the relationship, does that mean that the woman is head of the household? Now... Once again, I want to start off by saying I got some disappointing answers. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, The gist of the conversation was the women kind of seemed like they coincided with the fact that if a woman makes more money, then she's head over the man. That's that that was the female perspective in this conversation. Uh, Now, I think that 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 is a layered response. Um, and when I say layered, I mean, I think that that comes with a lot of, uh, of variables of why the women in this conversation felt that way. I think that uh, we're living in a day and age where I think, honestly, especially especially the black woman, the black queen, let me say that. The black queen is undermined and undervalued. So I think that a lot of times, to, and just in my personal perspective, this is the Open Minded Podcast, it's my perspective. I feel like a lot of the times the black woman the woman as a whole, but especially my beautiful black women, 
they, like I said, they're undermined and undervalued. So I feel like a lot of the times they feel like they need to lash out and speak confidently and boldly and strongly when, when you know, nobody's disrespecting you, you know? Um, every, uh, let me say this. Every single time, you know, that, uh, that a statement is made, it's not aimed to be disrespectful. So I think a lot of the times our, our women, and like I said, especially black women, are kind of on the defense and they kind of feel like nobody's sticking up for them, so they have to stick up for themselves. Let me come out the bat and say that. So I understand the mentality in some form. The men, on the other hand, within this conversation, especially me, I was speaking extremely confident and boldly. I think it's utter and complete nonsense that the woman feels that the amount of money that is made between her and her man can dictate who is the head of the household. That is utterly ridiculous. Now, let me start off by saying, if a man cannot take care of his responsibilities as a man towards his family and himself and his wife and his kids, if that's the case, you shouldn't be getting married. That's first and foremost. If you're not, if, if a man cannot take care of his responsibilities and be able to provide for the home, he should not be getting married to somebody. He should get himself in order and then get married. I'm a firm believer in that. However, in this particular situation, we were stating that both the woman and the man had a job. They both were. They, they both had income coming in, which is kind of, you know, the thesis of, of how, you know, the, the modern day relationship is now. You know, women are independent just like men. And I respect that. I'm going to be honest. In my household, that's how it is. My lady has a job, I have a job. We take care of the bills. Now, in my situation, you know, because I'm confident in my in, in my household and with me and my beautiful wife, I make more money than my wife does. So we, for the majority, you know, we split the bills down the middle. Now, you know, there are certain bills that my wife came into our marriage with and, and, and same with me. I came into our relationship and our marriage with bills. So I don't expect her to take care of my bills and she doesn't expect me to take care of her bills. But any bill that we that we have together, you know, rent, utilities, things of that nature, food, we always split down the middle. Now, any 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 luxury that 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 we may you know enjoy uh, throughout weeks, you know, and just regularly, I take care of that. Outings, things of that nature. We want to step out. I got the bill. I, I take care of that. And it's not even about me making more money. It's just that I feel like you know from the beginning, you know. My wife paid for our first date because I was pissed broke when I was in high school. But then after that, I, I, I paid for every bill. I paid for every meal and every outing that we take that that uh, we do. Any vacation, I, I footed most of the money because I love my wife more than anything. And I feel like she needs to be treated like a queen that she is. Now, with all that being stated, me and my wife, you know, my wife is a very independent woman. And I don't want to make this only about me and my wife, but I'm only speaking from my perspective. My wife is a very independent woman. She's been independent since I met her, you know. Uh, she allows me to be a man, uh, but she definitely takes care of her responsibilities. Honestly, she's a little more independent than I feel like she needs to be in our relationship, but it is what it is. And, you know, my wife is strong, and she can, you know, and we have conversations, and, and after I had this conversation with my homies and they women, I came back and had the conversation with my wife, and, you know, she jokes around and we joke around and stuff. But at the end of the day, the facts of the reality is my wife allows me to be the man. She doesn't demasculate me. She doesn't look at me as down if I'm not making more than the next man or even if in the event where she's making more than me. It's been situations where 
I had no money in our relationship, and my wife had more money than me. She never looked at me down. She never looked at me like less of a man. I'm still the man in the relationship. Now, it's been times where she had to take care of certain things when, you know, I might, you know, my money might not be right, you feel me? And she had to take care of it. It's been times when I when when, when I've taken care of her. And that's just how it is. That's how a strong relationship is. Once again, I stated I stated this multiple, multiple times on my podcast. Me and my wife's relationship is not perfect by any means, and I'm not saying that. But we have a blessed marriage and I love her to death and she loves me. But I but I truly feel she she allows me to be a man. Regardless of how much money I make, she allows me to be a man. And that goes into my perspective is what I want to rant about for a quick, for a quick segment. For any woman that feels that you making more money than your man makes you head of the household, you're wrong. And that's a foolish statement. I'm a huge, huge believer in Jesus Christ. I've stated this multiple times on my podcast. That is the essence and 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 of, of who I am. I'm a firm believer in God. I'm a firm believer in his son, Jesus Christ. I live my life based on my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ's word, God's word, the Bible. The Bible states, Ephesians 5, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the, the, head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. That's as plain as it will ever get. I don't care how much you think, money you make, how much people, your friends can hype you up. And a strong, firm, God-based with marriage, which is the only marriage that can even be co-excited, uh, because marriage is ordained and blessed by God, a man leads his wife. Now, when, when I feel like nowadays when women hear that, they think it's a disrespectful statement. It's not. For a man to lead you, that means... You chose a man who is a strong, spearheaded individual that can focus and provide for you and, and your family. That doesn't always mean that he has all the money in the world. We all fall on hard times. But for you to look at him as less of a man because he doesn't make the money that you make, it's crazy to me, man. That's like saying you love him for the time being for what he can provide. You look at him as a man based on his income. And income fluctuates. I don't care what kind of job you have. You will always run into situations where things get rough. You cannot look at any individual. You can't. Look, a man can't look at his woman as less of a of, of of a woman if she's if she doesn't have as much money. If she gains weight or whatever variable may come into play. Your woman is still your woman. You look at her as a queen and you treat her as such. A man is still a man, regardless of how much money he makes. He is a man. If you feel like you have to fluctuate and look at him a different way based on his income, you should not be with him. You can't say you can't express you can't state and express love and that that's the foundation and the basis of your relationship. If you are indeed looking at him as only a financial gain, how how is that relationship based on love? If you're only focused on what he can provide, if you are based on what he can provide is what views him as a man in your eyes that's 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 nonsense a man is a man i don't care if a man has two nickels to rub together if he is your man and you're in a relationship with him he's the head of the household he is the head the man leads the woman now anything that he can provide as far as financial gain is definitely a plus but if you're only looking to him to provide financial gain and that is the thesis of if he's a man or not to you you're in the wrong relationship and you're with the wrong man and you need to thus 
soul search and get past that mentality and then find a better man because a man who comes and provides for his woman and loves his woman unconditionally and does any and everything to look out for his woman regardless if he's working at mcdonald's or he's the ceo of nike regardless of what it is man as long as he's looking to provide and help out his wife and be there and and not put a burden on her man but to uplift her and lead her and and bring her closer to god as long as he's doing that he's a man and he's the man of the household if he can't provide if, if, if he can't do those things then he needs to he needs to get right with god and he needs to focus and pray about how he can become a better man but if he, as long as he's doing that regardless of how much money he's making he is still a man and he is the man and the head of the household women i urge you i i, I, I truly pray that you don't view a man as less of a man based on what he can provide for you that's not the thesis and that's not the basis of any relationship and it shouldn't be men don't look at a woman as less of a woman based on how she looks that's wrong man you need to love a woman for who she is once again i'm not the perfect man at all but i feel like a man who can provide for his woman regardless of what job he he, he has as long as he's being truthful and honest and and is and is being led by god he should be able to lead his wife and she should not question him as a man. A man is the head of the household. A woman is a strong, strong woman who needs to be by his side at all times, good or bad. $20,000 or $100,000. Be by that man's side, man. Please. But I digress, okay? Once again, open-minded, baby. This is my this is my podcast, my opinion, my way. Um, nobody's going to change that. Um, But let's segue into, you know, this week's uh, NBA comparison. Um, I want to get straight into that. So the two players I chose uh, for this week's segment is Derrick Rose and Russell Westbrook. Uh, if you know anything about the game of basketball, you know that these two players kind of created the athletic point guard. They both have the genetic makeup that has created players nowadays, man. You know, Derrick Rose kind of created Westbrook in the thought process of a aggressive athletic point guard that could give you 27 and 7 and lead a team you know before kind of before rose man point guards was kind of getting 15 and 10 the nash route you know still being productive but when rose kind of came into the league man it took the league by storm even in 2010 2011 the youngest mvp ever man you know he kind of came in the league and and, and battled lebron james in that eastern conference um, you know, stayed in, in that Eastern Conference Finals until unfortunately he was injured. But uh, Rose's career up until now, um, he's averaging 19 points a game, 3.6 rebounds, 5.7 assists, three-time All-Star, one-time All-NBA. All um, and like I said, the youngest MVP ever. Um, obviously, Rose, his stats and things of that nature have dipped. You know, it's unfortunate that, that he took a nasty ACL injury and then the next year tore his other ACL, man, you know. Rose has had, you know, a, a definite situation, you know, where injuries have kind of have kind of tilted his career. Uh, but he's definitely still playing, and I definitely respect that. But uh, but leading up into those injuries, man, Rose was looking like arguably, definitely the most athletic point guard ever. But he was going down the path as the best point guard ever. He was the youngest to win the uh, MVP. He stayed in the Eastern Conference Finals. He just kept running it up against the GOAT, LeBron James, you know. Um, but he was definitely proven, you know what I'm saying, to be a winner. You know what I mean? I think he was on the cusp. I'm of, of at least getting to the NBA Finals. Um, it didn't really pan out that way, but he was definitely winning. You know what I'm saying? He led the Bulls to the to the number one uh, record in the East. Like I said, he was the youngest MVP, man. So Rose was on his way. Like I said, after those injuries, 
kind of slowed down, man. He didn't really have a team that was built around him, so he kind of had to bounce from team to team. He's at the Timberwolves now. He was with uh, uh, the Cavs, you know, <coughs> with the Cavs, uh, I think, a year or two ago, you know, playing with Brown and stuff, man. So he kind of bounced around after his days in Chicago. Uh, but leading up into that, man, he was a killer. Uh, and then, like I said, the person that I'm comparing him to is Russell Westbrook. Now, Russell Westbrook has definitely had health on his side. You know, he's he's been hurt, you know, before, but it's never been something where it has completely derailed him and, and definitely has not derailed his athleticism. And that's what the basis of what his game is built upon. Um, just a couple stats for uh, Westbrook, you know, averaging 23 points a game, 6.6 assists, 8.2 uh I'm sorry, 6.6 rebounds, 8.2 assists, uh, seven-time All-Star, two-time scoring champion, um, MVP winner. Uh, man, he averaged a triple-double um, this whole year. Actually, the last two years, he's averaged a triple-double. Um, comparing the two, like I said, both athletic, both explosive. Um, I think Russell's a little longer. You know, he's 6'3", Rose about 6'1". Uh, so Westbrook can kind of, I think, defend a little better. Uh, I think in, in each other's primes, I think Russell's still kind of hitting his prime now. Uh, but if you're comparing the two in the primes, man, I, I would take Rose. I feel like Rose was, was was a lot more athletic. I think Rose was a lot more explosive. And honestly, I think Rose made the right basketball plays. Uh, you know, a lot of times Rose athleticism took over the games. Uh, but I think, you know, all in all, man, I think he, he shared the wealth. Uh, he, he definitely got his players involved. He helped uh, develop Jimmy Butler. Um, and I definitely think that, you know, along with his athleticism, I think that his basketball IQ uh, was extremely underrated, man. He made a lot of good plays. He got players involved. He got players uh, to kind of, you know, get contracts. I think he helped develop Taj, Taj Gibson as well uh, for uh, the Chicago Bulls. Um, so, you know, just kind of looking at, you know, the the pace Chicago played at, you know, they were definitely a defensive team first, but Rhodes was the, was the majority of offense. Um, I just think that he made smarter play down the stretch. That's, that's really what it comes down to. But look at Russell Westbrook, man. Like I said, I mean, the stats – in my opinion, you know, I'm 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 a huge I'm a huge believer in stats, but I think they kind of don't tell the story with a with a Westbrook. So I'm kind of being a hypocrite in that regard. But I kind of feel like his stats lie. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he averages a triple double, man. But if you look at the last two years where he was getting triple doubles, man, you know, the team kind of knows that's his mentality. And I've seen Westbrook in multiple multiple interviews say it's not about stats; it's just about me going out there and playing my game. But if you look at you know just the way the game goes. A lot of times on, on offense, on uh, when the opposite team is shooting free throws, you know, he'll kind of be down there with the bigs when the point guard's kind of be supposed to be out on the perimeter to start the fast break. Yeah, he actually get the rebound and push the break. That's just that's just extremely unusual for a point guard, especially in the NBA. They like to say that that's how they try to spark their offense. But come on, man, they just started doing that when Westbrook was kind of getting that, that MVP attention and that averaging the triple-double attention and stuff like that. I mean, it, it was cool initially, but the fact that he went and did it again this year, you know what I mean? And people could say I'm hating, that's fine, but if you look at this this past year, you know, he, he averaged a triple-double again. Um, but the last game of the season, uh, Westbrook, you know, he didn't really really need no big stats. He didn't need to show out, you know, but, but he needed about I believe it was 14 rebounds, um, to get to, to, to average a triple double um and he needed it for the last game of the season last year uh and, and Westbrook's already averaging 28 points a game Westbrook goes out this game and drops six points a game but but gets 17 rebounds and you mean to tell me he's not chasing stats come on man like let's let's be realistic it, like I said it, it, can, it can sound like I'm hating but it is what it is man it just seems like Westbrook is is only focused on stats 
And I think that kind of showed when KD left. You know, I think I think KD kind of felt like, bro, I'm 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 the second best player in the world, and you need to treat me as such. And I feel like Rushbrook mentality would not let him, would not let KD shine. I think that they really could have got a ring if if, if Rushbrook kind of chilled out and kind of let KD lead because KD's the better player. That's just what it is, man. But I think a lot of times people mentality and thought process gets in the way. I don't respect that, uh, and, and uh, I think all in all, I think Russell shoots awful, awful shots the majority of the time. I mean, you can look at the last game of the, of the season. Uh, Westbrook shot 19-3, last game of the season against the Jazz. They lost that game. Nobody else shot that many shots on the team. Westbrook shot more threes in a game than any other player on his team shot shots. That is ridiculous, and Westbrook is not a great three-point shooter. So if you're comparing the two, obviously Westbrook has the longevity on the side. He hasn't been hurt as much as Rose has. I give you that. But if you're comparing the two in the prime, I think Rose is more athletic, more explosive, and I think he made better plays down the stretch. And he just made overall, I think, I think his IQ was better. So if you ask me who I got, I'm taking D. Rose, man, flat out. Um, I, I just want to address, I just kind of want to throw this in. Uh, I want, first and first of all, First and foremost, I want to say that I was one of the people that that came into this college season saying that Zion Williamson, who plays for the Duke Blue Devils, I said he was going to be a bust. I said that I didn't think he was going to be good. I thought that he was a kid who was in a in a grown man's body in high school, 6'7", 285 pounds that we just learned about, jumping 45 inches off the ground. That's just unrealistic. That's more athletic than LeBron James. That's crazy, man. Nobody saw that. Um, so I think that he kind of used that to, to, to his ability. Uh, wasn't a great uh, three-point shooter. Wasn't a great shooter at all in, uh, in, in high school. Uh, so I really thought that he'd be a bust. I was wrong. Okay. I think, you know, this is only preseason. They're only playing teams in uh, Canada right now. Uh, so I understand that it's not a great, it's not a great um, exhibition of what he will see. But just what I'm seeing, I mean, he had, he had 24 and 8 his first game. This game, I think he had 28. The game after that, he had 36 and 14. They only played three games. They won all three games. But just the numbers this man is putting up and the way he's doing it, man, it just looks too easy. And the team that, that came out, I think it was the University of Toronto that they, they played the first game. They went zone on, on, on a dude. You know, they was like, look, we're going to make this cash shoot. They got the, the number one and number two player out of, out of this high school class in R.J. Bear and Zion Woods. They went zone. R.J. Barrett's not, not not the best shooter, but Zion can't shoot at all. It's what I thought. Zion came out and shot three for four from the three. You know, and if you're just watching the games, he's doing pull-up jumpers. Everybody's impressed with, with the, the dunking and things like that. And, and, and it's cool. The, the dude's a freak athlete. Once in a generation athlete, I give him that. But I like to watch basketball. I'm not, I'm not enticed with only athleticism. And he's driving to the rim, hitting pull-up jumpers. Um, you're giving him space. He's pulling up and hitting threes. Um, he's kind of driving to the rim, um, avoiding contact, avoiding uh, the uh, defense, finishing, not just dunking everything. He definitely looks like a more complete player. R.J. Barrett is doing exactly what I thought R.J. Barrett would do. He's the number one player in, in the, the class for a reason. Uh, he can shoot the ball a little bit and get to the rim. I'm really impressed with R.J. Barrett's passing ability, though. He's 6'7", just like Zion, uh, but he can kind of bring the ball up and, and uh, see people throwing oops to Zion, throwing little pocket passes to the bigs, dunking. Pick and rolls, uh, definitely, definitely find, finding the, the slipper. Um, and then the backside three, man, he's 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 really impressive. I'm not going to lie. But the two of them together, man, like I said, both six, seven. R.J. Barrett is athletic. Obviously, Zion's are on a whole different level as far as athleticism with any other player in the country. But Zion is definitely impressive. R.J. is, is, is as impressive as I thought he'd be. 
Um, and the two together, man, they're definitely looking scary. I, I, I'm a huge North Carolina fan, flat out. Shout out to my Tar Heels. So I'm taking them in any matchup. But I'm, I'm a little scared when they come to Chapel Hill. I'm not going to lie. It could be a dunk fest. It could get bad. Uh, Nasir Little, UNC's uh, big recruit that we brought in. I need you to take over, man, against them too because RJ Barrett and Zion Williamson are definitely impressive. Um, I love what they brought to, to, uh, to Duke. Um, I really wish they would have came to North Carolina, but it is what it is. But, you know, shout out to them, man. I'm definitely impressed so far. Hopefully this continues within the season because if so, college basketball will be on fire and that drive and that love for the game will definitely come back. And I definitely think we're in store for a great season. Um, so as far as music, man, I've been listening to lately. Uh, I've been kind of listening here and there to that Astro World by Travis Scott. Um, I've been kind of banging out a little bit. Uh, really just been listening to the song with him and Drake the majority of the time. But it seems like it's not a bad album. I haven't, I wasn't a huge at, uh, Travis Scott fan, but I'm not a hater of him as well. So, you know, he he's cool. For some odd reason, I've been banging Migos Stir Fry. I don't know why. Uh, I think that song is fire, though. Me, my wife is from uh, the Atlanta, Memphis area, so she so she rocks with the Migos, and we be in the, in, in the car vibing. We went on a date night yesterday, and we was in the car vibing, banging uh, that song. I don't know what it is, man. It's just a hot song. Um, I really thought I was becoming a Migos fan, so I listened to the to the three singles that uh, Quavo put out recently, and I and it just reaffirmed that I'm not a Migos fan. I just like that one song. But um, yeah, man, that song fire. I don't know why I've been listening to that lately. Um, been definitely listening to that J. Cole uh, album of the year freestyle Cole is you know obviously one of the best lyricists out in my opinion ever um, him, him and uh, Kendrick Kendrick needs to come a little harder because I've been off the Kendrick uh, train a little bit man you know I, I think that he made the greatest rap album ever in uh, Good Kid Mad City but he needs to come with something better man uh, in this you know in the future but the album of the year freestyle with J. Cole is definitely he uh, he definitely came with that. So that's what I've been listening to lately. As far as shows, I don't know if you guys have heard uh, Netflix original show with uh, Rev Run. Um, he he has a show called All about the Washingtons. It's kind of like a depiction of, of how his life is. He's a retired rapper on the show. Um, and his wife, Kyle, wants to be um, a financial... Uh, uh, I don't know how to say it. She wants to be a businesswoman. Um... So he kind of steps back um, and lets her be in the limelight. And this is kind of about him being more of a father. Um, it's kind of funny. Um, I enjoy it. It's kind of like a homie uh, flick. Uh, it's like, you know, just, just just a family show. So I like it. Something enjoyable. Something to look out for. Um, I've been watching Shameless uh, Season 8 uh, with, with my lovely wife. Uh, it's kind of the complete opposite of Rare Run. Um, but I like my ratchetness in, in waves. I can't have it all at once. Uh, but Shameless is definitely a good show. Uh, definitely go check that out as well. Season eight, it's on Netflix as well. I've been kind of trying to be patient and not watch uh, Insecure. Uh, I almost had my wife watching it yesterday, but the fire stick wasn't working, so there wasn't no links on there. So I think I think that was uh, Easter's way of telling me to wait until the whole season come out, and then me and my wife is going to be. So definitely going to be on that as well. And before I go, um, kind of a little episode by myself, so I'm kind of proud of myself. I was definitely on my rant earlier, uh, but. Um, I think the Anchor app, man, has a way to subscribe to your favorite pages monthly. Um, I think it can kind of help out as far as, you know what I'm saying, possibly putting a little dough in my pocket. So if you, you know, if you like the channel, you like the uh, episodes I put out weekly, man, you know, if you want to subscribe, you know, look out for me, show support. I appreciate it. 
Um, like I said, I think there's some way you, you, you can subscribe to the uh, stations um, that you like, you know, and uh, I think it's kind of like a monthly fee or something like that. Uh, so if you want to subscribe, man, and show a little love, I would definitely appreciate that. I would definitely shout out everybody that subscribed and see if I can do something for you guys um, in that regard, man. So if you want to look out, I appreciate it, man. Show love. Uh, so, you know, if you like the content, you know, you want to show appreciation for the content, you want to look out, you know, subscribe through, you know, I would definitely appreciate it. As always, man, I want to leave you guys with with the prayer. Uh, Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity and this platform. Um, just continue to bless all of my listeners, Lord, and let your love and your presence and your will be felt in their life as well as mine. Help us, Lord, to all get better as servants for you to use, Lord. And just continue to help us, Lord, to grow and get better for you, God. I love you, God, and I love you, Jesus. Thank you, God, and I thank you, Jesus. In your name, Jesus Christ, we pray, Lord. Amen. All right, y'all. Episode 22 of the Open Mind of Podcast. It's a wrap. Appreciate you guys for listening, man. Shout out to all my listeners. I appreciate y'all. Come listen, man. Listen to all 22 episodes, please. Share it, like it, the whole nine, man. I do this for y'all. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. I really did feel like, you know what I'm saying, knocking this out. Uh, it's kind of late, you know, it's about 11.30, but I know I got, you know, constant supporters, man. So I, I, I want to give a big shout out to y'all. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. And I thank y'all, man. Uh, so just love. Appreciate you. Love is love. Stay open-minded. Ah!